Welcome to the Rock Your World Naturally podcast, the place where women from around the world come to discover God's plan for health in body, soul, and spirit. I'm your host, Rakesia McMillan, award-winning author, Air Force veteran, and health evangelist. I'm passionate about sharing biblical truth, scientific research, and practical lifestyle approaches to help heal your world naturally. You're listening to podcast episode 30, my exclusive interview with Faith Zimber, discussing forgiveness and the legacy of her daughter, Lily. In this exclusive interview, Faith Zimber discusses forgiveness and overcoming grief and how her faith in God makes all of this possible. On June 1st, 2019, her 15-year-old daughter, Lily Kelly, was tragically killed when the car she was riding in was hit by a drunk driver. In the days that followed, a song emerged that Lily had written and recorded just months before. Family and friends found comfort in Lily's original song, I Am, which tells of her close relationship with Jesus and her thorough understanding of his character. Wise beyond her years, Lily knew that her calling and purpose was to share God's love through her gifts he had given her, through music, through her voice, and returning his gifts back to him in song. Lily had just completed her freshman year at Calvary Chapel Murrieta High School in Southern California, where she played volleyball and softball and served on her school student council. She enjoyed photography, sketching, and was passionate about music. She played guitar and piano and led worship at both church and school. Lily's heart for service was set to make an international imprint in late June when she would participate in a missions trip to Ethiopia where her commitment to spreading the love and hope of God through service and song would be shared. But before she could board the plane, the Lord called her home. With the release of the single, I Am, Lily's legacy lives on. Faith expresses that Lily would want nothing more through this than for everyone to seek Jesus. For Lily's life to be a legacy of his goodness, hope, and love, that would be exactly what he put her here for. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome to the show Faith Zimber, discussing forgiveness and the legacy of her daughter, Lily. Thank you for having me. Uh, I am so grateful to be here and, and get to share what God is doing. Oh, I'm so grateful to have you, Faith. And I know that those who will listen to the sound of your voice today, they're going to receive something so special um, through what's shared on the show. Amen. And so, Faith, usually before we get started, I'd like to open up with an icebreaker question. Can you let our listeners know, Faith, what is it that you are doing in your life right now that is simply rocking your world naturally? Sure. So uh, my husband encouraged me uh, about a year ago to write in my journal a list of things I'm grateful for. He said, you know, I don't know what to write. And he said, just start by saying what you're grateful for. What has God done? And so I did. And what I thought would be uh, a quick, you know, one page uh, bulleted 
list became pages and pages and pages, uh, quite frankly, pages that continue on to this day of just how good, just how good God is and, and that he has made such beauty in ways and in areas that, uh, you can't see without him things that didn't look uh, beautiful when you start to sit down and ask God to show you what he sees. Um, you start to see just this beautiful uh, photo, this, this picture, um, this scene emerge. And so since then, um, I've been doing that. And so what I have been doing today, the last few weeks, the last few months, is compiling what the Lord may create into um, a manuscript or a book. And it's the telling of all of the amazing things that he's done in my life, in my family's life, in our generational life, my grandparents, my parents, and uh, just the, the amazing beauty that he has unfolded amidst heartache and pain and sometimes self-inflicted sorrows often um, others you know things that happen to us uh, our circumstances what you might be born into what you're forced to um, endure and it's just been eye-opening and awe-striking to just see him woven in every single beautiful tapestry that from behind it's it's messy and it's ugly and it's hard to see the big picture and then when you take a few steps back and you look at the front of that tapestry you see it you see that he was always there that he's always here that he's never left that the story and the picture that he's creating is beautiful, but we're messy. Us as people, we're really messy. And that he uses that. He uses our mess, our calamity, and he makes it beautiful. So it was probably a longer answer than you were expecting for an icebreaker. <laughs> but that's what I've been up to. Oh, Faith, what you have shared is amazing it is powerful and as you were speaking i'm reminded of the worship song that says lord open the eyes of my heart because i want to see you yeah. i need to see you i don't want to miss who you are I can't afford to miss what it is that you are doing. And so I think we all have those moments in our life, whether it was like you, Faith, that you took your journal and you begin to write. And as you begin to write, God began to remind you and bring all those things up that sometimes we might not normally see if we don't get in those quiet spaces and take that time to do what I like to call that inner reflection, that inner soul work. Mm -hmm. 
to see the beauty that is all around us so that we don't miss what it is that God is doing in our families, in our communities, in our individual lives, in our workplaces, and, you know, even the world at large. Lord, help me to see you in every aspect of life because everything that exists is because he is. Mm-hmm. And so, again, powerful moment that you have shared uh, at this time. So thank you for just pouring out and just sharing that um, with our listeners on today. And so I don't believe that things happen by chance, Faith, and I'm grateful and I'm thankful for our connection on today and the story that you will share. And so if you could just kind of open up a little and just kind of share your story and let others know about that tapestry that you've talked about and some of the things that the Lord has brought you through. You bet. So last June, uh, just about 11 months ago, my husband and I received a phone call and that phone call uh, forever changed our life as many people can relate to uh, a phone call, uh, a message, um, a notification that, that adjusts what you thought was your trajectory and forever altering it. So we received a phone call that uh, our daughter Lily may have been uh, involved in an accident. And so we, we raced to the scene and the the road was blockaded and we couldn't uh, go any further and the particular area that they the kids had been in um, had no self-service it's it's up in the hills just beautiful beautiful hills uh, with groves and uh, orchards and vineyards and um, but it's remote slightly so there there's no self-service so we waited at the bottom of the hill unable to reach our daughter or any of the kids uh, that were were at the at the outing together and we waited and we waited and we and the time passed and I the hope that I had started to recede and and it started to settle that we might not get the favored news we'd hoped for. So I, I rested my, my face in my hands as I sat in the cab of the truck by myself. My husband was outside speaking to the sheriff. And I just prayed, said, God, please prepare my heart for what's about to happen. Fearing the worst. Not long after I finished that prayer alone in the truck, my husband called to me and said, hey, come outside. And I saw the white van driving down the hill. And the coroner, she stepped out. And she nodded. She nodded at us. And my heart just sunk. Inside that van was my my child my only child 
my daughter Lily. She and the, the friends that had been riding in the car that, that evening, the early evening, it was only at 6 p.m. in broad daylight, they were hit by a drunk driver. The drunk driver, only 19 years old, was driving so fast, over 100 miles an hour. He was driving so erratically and out of control that when he hit their car in the two-lane road, he was driving in their bike lane into oncoming traffic. Lily was seated in that front seat passenger side, and she was immediately called home to heaven upon impact. The drunk driver led his friends, he and the three occupants of his car, after killing Lily off the embankment 150 feet down below, landing upside down where they had to climb their way to life as well. So upon that day, our life has forever changed. My little girl was 15 years old. She had just finished her freshman year of high school. I didn't know fully in her living years the greatness of who she was. I knew she was great. She was my daughter. I loved and adored her. She was my favorite person, aside from my husband, of course, but I raised Lily alone with God's help for 12 years prior to meeting my husband. Only three years did she get to share in that blessing with me. So Lily and I were very, very close, having just been the two of us for so many years. And so, as anyone can imagine, losing a child, but losing their only child, losing their only child that they spent 12 years with, um, it was devastating, as you can imagine. But what started to emerge from the ashes is something that can only be explained by the miraculous power of our God. It doesn't make sense because God doesn't make sense to us sometimes because his ways are so far greater than ours. We can't see it. So what happened after her call home was that God spoke to me. He spoke to me on the 2nd. She was called home June 1st at 6 15 p.m. And on June 2nd, that morning, I was sitting alone in my living room and the family was in the other room and I just sat there quietly with the Lord. And he said to me, Faith, Lily's life is not in vain. Her life will serve as the catalyst for a holy revival. Mm. The time is now. Everybody's watching. The time is now. Move. And so there I was sitting alone and I thought, okay, this is it. You know, the, the school and the church had reached out to us and said, hey, we want to do a candlelight vigil for Lily on Monday night. Would, would you guys approve of that and, and come? And uh, initially we said, you know what? can we just kind of wait and see it's fresh? We don't know how we're going to feel if we can see people or, or, or how that will unfold. And after the Lord spoke to me, it was so crystal clear. Yes. In fact, yes. 
and what he did with that night, what God did with the candlelight vigil completely blows my mind even now. We, what he did, he took a small gathering and he filled the church sanctuary to overflowing. People were standing out in the parking lot, live streaming the service going on inside from the parking lot. There was an altar call. Hearts were surrendered. Lives were changed. Thousands of people came that night to hear about this little girl and her fate at the hands of a drunk driver taken too soon. There were over 1,500 people there that night. And then the following week, her memorial service, there was about a 1,000. And ever since, it's been 11 months, ever since, it has just grown and the ripple has reached farther and farther and farther, doing what only God can do, making a crown of beauty from our ashes, mm-hmm. making something so beautiful out of something so painful. Mm-hmm. And what emerged out of that were stories of how Lily was living that I didn't even know. Kids were coming out of the woodwork telling me, Miss Faith, Lily was my best friend. And I thought, how can all of these kids that quite frankly, I'd never heard of be Lily's best friend, that she was their best friend. And as I heard stories more and more, one at a time coming in, I started to realize those little kids, well, they're high schoolers, those kids, Lily really was their best friend. Lily was present, available. She wasn't rushed off. She was in the moment with them, listening. She was empathetic. And what my husband and I found on June 2nd, the day after her call home, was her private journal that we had not accessed while she was here, giving her that privacy that I think teenagers need, at least to some degree. And we started flipping through her daily journal and we were just in awe. Her journal was filled with prayers for herself, for others, uh, Bible memory verses, studies, you know, the way the Lord was speaking to her, directing her. And very, very few of her entries had anything to do with her and her needs outside of the direction for her from God. They weren't the the typical needy um, entries that, quite frankly, I would have been writing at 15 years old. They were for him, for his glory, seeking to grow his kingdom, often saying, God, help me be a light. Help me be a light to others. She wrote, I want to be a light to all that see me, showing your light, your goodness, saying that when I spend time with you in your word, I would have uncontrollable joy. I mean, those are the things that she was writing in her journal at at 14 and 15 years old. So Lily had written a song only several months prior to her call home uh, that's now available and, and being played on the radio worldwide as well as uh, downloadable on, on uh, digital media players. And it's called I Am. 
I had taken her to record it uh, because of a series of events. And so we did have it professionally recorded with no intention of ever uh, publishing it, uh, just to have as kind of a keepsake, so to speak, um, as her aunt had uh, been touched by it and wanted to, to um, play it in an event she was speaking at. So it was never intended to be a public, um, a public sharing. So that song, I Am, she wrote at 14 years old and it's speaking of God's character. It's speaking of his promises that he is the great I am. He is the one who picks up her broken pieces and puts her back on the ground. And it's just incredible to, to witness at 14 years old, called home at 15, how God was speaking to her. And he was speaking to her because of her surrender, her full surrender to the Lord, seeking him so wholly and fully that she would be that light, that others would see his light in her, in her daily life, which they did. Um, and so it, it's just been incredible to watch as God unfolds her legacy, her story in just these short 11 months, making something so beautiful out of something so tragic, but reminding us, reminding me that God has always known our day. It says that every day was written in his book before the first one ever began. It was only a surprise to me that Lily was called home at 15, but never to God. He's not surprised. He knew that there would be foolish decisions made on the driver's part that day that would bring Lily home. But now with 11 months in, he reminds me that he works for all things for the good, for the good of those who are called according to his will. He works for his good to grow the kingdom. And if his ways are so much higher than our ways, which they are, then can't we also argue that in bringing his one special single sheep home, that his flock would grow so widely because of her, yes, because of her surrender. And if we truly believe the infallible truths of the Bible, then we will all have to come into agreement that in bringing Lily home at 15 years old, as she was ready, she loved the Lord. She could not wait to get home from school and start praising him. She would pick up her guitar and start just singing and praising. And, you know, I'd even have to say, hey, have you, have you had a snack or, or do you have homework to do? And, and she, no, no, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm going to just, you know, praise one night. And uh, she even, we had turned off the lights and said goodnight. And I heard music playing. The house was dark. And I thought, wow, I guess a, a radio maybe kicked on. So I, I walked down the hall and the music was coming from Lily's room. I opened the door and there she is laying on her bed with her guitar on top of her belly. And she's just strumming away, singing praises to the Lord. She just couldn't help herself. So if, if we truly believe that the Lord has divinely 
written the Bible and that the Bible is true and that it's his word, it's his infallible truth, then it's hard to argue that he didn't already have a good plan for Lily and her life, both here on earth, but also in her call home. That the thousands that would be coming to his feet because of her yes was always part of his plan. That he always intended to grow his kingdom because of this one little girl who just couldn't get enough and just wanted to praise him all day long. And now she gets to, she gets to praise him all day long and she gets to bypass all of this world's pains and sorrows and heartaches, the virus, the quarantine. Oftentimes we say, oh, but she's missing this or that. Oh, I can promise you she's not missing any of it. Mm-hmm. She's in the presence of the Almighty God, praising him all day long in his full glory. There's no veil. There's no veil mm-hmm. for her anymore. Mm-hmm. And as her mother, she's my only child. It pains me that she's not here with me, but God has revealed to me so clearly that this life is not the reward. The reward is yet to come. Yes, yes. So our our main topic today is that of forgiveness. Yes. So as you have heard, it's easy to argue that it would be difficult to forgive Jose, the 19-year-old boy who chose to drive drunk and ultimately was his hands that killed my daughter. And it's an interesting topic, that of forgiveness. We had the opportunity to give a statement in the court proceedings during his final sentencing. We had the opportunity to share our hearts with him and our our desire um, for whatever message we wanted to leave with him before um, he began uh, his 10 years and eight months sentence in, in prison. And so as I reflected upon what is it that I want to leave this young boy with, this young man, the Lord started speaking to me. about forgiveness, that that was to be the underscore of the message I shared with that young man. That wasn't the first day that I talked about forgiveness or thought about forgiveness. My husband and I at the vigil um, publicly proclaimed forgiveness for the drunk driver. Then a week later at Lily's memorial service, at the altar call there too, I asked the minister, you know, I think we need a second altar call. I don't think we're done yet. I think there's more. And so as he called for one more altar call, praying again, if anyone said that sinner's prayer, if anyone wants Jesus to come and live inside them today, please stand up and come forward. One young man came up. He stood and he walked to the front of the church. 
right there next to Lily's casket. My husband and I, we laid hands on him. The only man that came forward in the second altar call. And as we prayed for him, along with the minister, we both separately thought and discussed it later that we believed that that young man was Jose, the drunk driver. And as the Lord spoke to us saying, even if this is, I'm calling you to pray for him. I'm calling you to forgive him. He is currently being called into my kingdom because of Lily's precious life. That he too would see me. That he too would live a life of legacy that grows in his call home. That young man was not Jose, but it didn't matter. We believed it to be at the time. So flash forward to the sentencing. I stood there before this young man, sharing with him all the things that I will be missing. Again, Lily will not, but I will. Her warm embrace, her laugh, her spunk, her fun, the wedding, grandchildren, all the things that are now gone because of the selfless, thoughtless acts. But the number one thing that I wanted him to know is that I had forgiven him and so has God. And that I truly believe with my entire heart that he will meet Lily in heaven face to face. And God sees that his work here is also finished and he is called. in the Lord he's not going to allow for his beloved for his faithful he's not going to allow for their lives to be in vain and so why would he do that with Lily he simply wouldn't he knew that Lily lived a life of such full surrender we could even further argue that of the seven children involved in the collision that night on June 1st, all seven of them injured, but only one was called home to heaven that night, and that was Lily. It could even be argued that Lily was the only one that was spared. See, our, our goggles, our earthly glasses are skewed and they don't see things correctly. Because, see, this world is not our rich reward. Our rich reward waits for us in heaven. And we often get confused by that because of the accolades and the desires to live so well here. And God wants us to. He, he said he, gave, he came to gave, give life, life abundant. He wants us to live abundantly here in, in this world as well as in heaven. But we misunderstand that. Life abundant doesn't mean riches and lavish vacations and accolades. It means the richness of him in Jesus, his light shining through us. That's the richness uh, that he wants, that full light here on earth. And so my husband, just a couple weeks, it could have even been several days after Lily's call home. I was, I was really sorrowful 
although I've never been angry with God because I do understand that his ways are not understandable to us, but that I knew enough of his character that he is always good. So I've never been angry with God. However, that moment I said to my husband, I said, why did it have to be this way? Not really asking for an answer, as I know God will not give us that answer, not until heaven. But he said to me, my husband, hey, if you could get Lily back right now, if God said, yes, you can have her back, but it would be an exchange for all the souls that have been won for my kingdom. Would you do it? And it was in that moment that I realized, no, no, I couldn't ask for Lily back in this life, in this world, in exchange for all of the souls that have come to know him, that have fallen at his feet, whose hearts have been stirred, who will forever be in heaven with Lily, that their names have been forever written in his book, his book of life, because of her yes, because of her surrender. How could I ask for those back in exchange for my one precious girl? When I know full well, I'll see her. I'll spend forever with her. And she's already in bliss with no more pain, no more sorrow. She'll never be rejected again. She'll never have a heartache. She'll never have a stomach ache. How could I ask her back, especially in exchange for the thousands who will forever be in heaven because of her yes? So it's been a really interesting walk as the Lord guides me through this new, fresh grief, this altered existence that I never expected to live out. And yet I think he had been warning me since Lily's infancy. I remember one time I was holding her. She was just an infant. And I looked down at her beautiful little uh, round face and I thought, oh, I love you so much. I love you so much. I would just be devastated if anything happened to you. And it was instant. The Lord spoke to me. He said, don't you trust me? Don't you trust me? She is mine. She is not yours. Mm. If anything happens to her, if I choose to bring her home early, I have every right to do it. This child is mine. I have gifted her to you only to steward. She's on loan. And I just crumbled. I was just weeping because he was right. How arrogant I had been to believe that she was mine, that I had any claim to her. She was a gift from the Lord, only to me on loan, only to steward her precious life. And so in that moment, just like Hannah did of her precious Samuel, I surrendered my child to the Lord, not knowing in that moment that he was preparing my heart for June 1st, only 15 years later. And so in that moment, I surrendered her to the Lord and I said, this child is yours. I humbly ask that you do not take her home early, but if you do, God, she's yours to take. And so the remaining 
15 years that followed, I raised her just like that, and just like Hannah did with her Samuel. I raised her in the word. I made sure that there were always um, Christian influences in her life. Her babysitters believed and loved the Lord. I made sure to make a priority, even as a single income mother, that she would always be enrolled in private Christian school, that she would know his goodness. He would, she would know his promises and his character, and that she would have them safe, safely stowed in her heart. And so she did. The song she wrote is evident that she knew the true character of God, his true essence. She understood the way Jesus lived and the light that he was here on earth then and now, and that she wanted to emulate his beautiful light in her life, which she did. So it's been an incredible journey, the way the Lord has moved in and through, not just this past 11 months, but over the course of my entire life. And of course, the 15 years that I was gifted with my precious child. See, I was never married to Lily's biological father. I didn't know, I didn't plan for the pregnancy. But I'm reminded that she was never a surprise, not to God. I may not have planned her, but she was always on purpose. That God knew of her gifting to the earth, to the world, and the legacy that she would build while she was here. But as such, I... I was shocked when I learned that her precious life was growing inside me. See, I had actually broken up with her biological father that I had been dating and found out about a month later that I was pregnant with Lily. So again, the beginning of my story actually is very similar to the end. The night of June 1st, I sat with my face in my hands as I cried out to the Lord, please prepare my heart for what's about to happen. Ironically, that's the same prayer I said as I waited in the truck the day I learned that Lily and her precious life were growing inside me. Her biological father had gone into the store to buy the pregnancy test as I had asked him to administer it there with me. So I sat in the car alone and I looked up through the skylight and I said that exact same prayer alone in the cab of the car. Lord, please prepare my heart for what's about to happen. And he did. And he prepared me as he had been preparing me all of my life. See, because my parents prayed over me Although the fruit of my life was not always evident of my walk with the Lord, I have always loved the Lord. I asked him into my heart when I was six years old and have walked with him all the days of my life. Again, not always faithfully the way that he would have liked, making many, many mistakes, causing a whole bunch of calamities on my own. But yet through them all, he always proved himself faithful regardless of my faith. He was always faithful. He was always true. He was always just. And he was always there. Always working each and everything out for my good and his. 
So that's our story in a nutshell, Mm -hmm. the story of God's goodness in our lives. Faith, as you have just poured out your heart to share this wonderful testimony about Lily and the great exchange between the Heavenly Father for precious life that was poured out. And through her life, thousands have come to know this great I am. And to those that are listening on today, as you have listened, so many truths were shared regarding forgiveness, overcoming grief, living a surrendered life. And if you're listening and you've been impacted and you've been touched by what has been said, and there's an area in your life where you have not forgiven and want to experience that forgiveness. If you have not fully surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus Christ and you want to accept him into your heart and you want to live a surrendered life just like Lily to come to know and experience the love of a father like no other who has purpose for you, who has a plan for your life. You can do so at this very moment. And Faith, can you lead a prayer for those who are listening? Absolutely. It would be my pleasure to do that. Wherever you are right now, whether it's in your car, your home, your jog, at work, as you're listening, If you're able to do so, just close your eyes in this this moment. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we humbly come before you and we ask for you to send your Holy Spirit down over us for every single person hearing this message, your message, your story, your truth, God. We ask for your Holy Spirit to come here in a radical, big, way. Lord, we ask the Holy Spirit to stir hearts right now in this very moment. So much so, Lord, that even those who are not prepared to say this prayer, that the stirring of their heart would continue until they do. The nagging on their heart to give their life, their unforgiveness, their shame, their pain, all of the yuck, Lord, that they would freely give it to you as you've already washed it clean. You're just waiting for them to surrender it to you. So in the privacy of your heart as you're listening here today, we say this to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I am a sinner. I know that I am unclean. I know 
that there is nothing I can do to forgive my own sin. I know that I am a sinner and in need of freeing. I believe, God, that you are the only one who can forgive sins. That the only way to you, God, the Father, is through Jesus, is through his saving, pure, sinless blood that was shed freely for us on the cross, giving us a way back to you and precious Lily already there with you. I confess my sin. I confess that you are the only one who can do this for me. I believe in my heart that you sent Jesus to die for my sins. I ask, Lord, for a renewing of my heart for your Holy Spirit to come in and make a fresh in me, revealing you more deeply to me, and that I would understand that I am so deeply known by you. I surrender my will to you, God, my desires, my hopes, my dreams, that they would fall in line with you and your perfect and great and far more mighty plan than mine. I surrender now today more fully than ever before or for the first time, this first new step in a life surrendered to you, Jesus. I praise you and thank you for all that you have done. In your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If there is anyone that did pray that prayer, I want you to either send an email, reach out in any way, so that if further work needs to be done, if you need to be connected to a healthy church, we'll help you to do that. Do the message today, the love and the light of Lily Kelly still lives on. In faith, I'm just so grateful and so thankful for the opportunity to share this message to the world about the gift of Lily that God has given to you as well as to so many others. Is there any other word that you would like to share with those who are listening before we close out? Yeah, you bet. Um, two, two things. Um, harboring the bondage of unforgiveness can keep you bound and separate you from the love of God and from the rich rewards here on earth prior to, to your call home. So to relinquish any unforgiveness that anyone might have is, is, is paramount. It's so important that you really hand that over uh, to the Lord. Forgive others, because if we don't forgive others, we can't be forgiven ourselves. And God tells us that um, in the Bible. And so it's just such an important message uh, that is hopefully the takeaway here is is release that bondage of unforgiveness. And you know that you have unforgiveness if you have resentment. If you are resentful of someone in your life, big or small, 
that's an evidence of unforgiveness. And so I would encourage those to, uh, to just release that, release that bondage that the unforgiveness has over your life and walk in freedom. And then second, uh, if anyone is further interested in hearing Lily's music, it can be downloaded uh, from any platform, digital platform. It's called I Am by Lily Kelly, and that's her song, uh, played all over the world on radios and downloaded, downloadable. Uh, for any more information about Lily and her life and her story and legacy, people can access her story both on our website, Lily Kelly Ministries, as well as follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Live Like Lily Kelly. That's our handle on both Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn as well. That's L-I-L-Y-K-E-L-L-Y. Awesome. It has truly been a blessing, Faith, to be able to be with you today. And I know that many will be touched by the love and the life of Lily. I pray. I pray that God would continue to bless the work of your hands and to continue to use you as the vessel to get this message out, to reach hearts and to bring in more souls for the kingdom. Thank you. God bless you, Faith. Thank you. You too. For health tips, faith-based education, and inspiration, visit www.rockyourworldnaturally.com and on Facebook at Facebook forward slash rockyourworldnaturally and Twitter at twitter.com forward slash rockyourworld28.